<laughs> he didn't ask me, he just told me. He said, you're up. And I said, okay, I'm up. So I'm the leadoff hitter while they're on vacation. Is this a little too loud? or Okay, I'm the leadoff hitter, so hopefully I'll... Won't strike out. <laughs> I know I won't. God has uh, given me something to share with you this morning. And I know in my heart is that it will help uh, and minister to each one of you that are here today, wherever you're at in your walk with the Lord. And that's the Holy Spirit's uh, intention and job that he is interested in each one of us, regardless of where we're at in our uh, walk with God. I found that to be true. I, I'm a, I've been uh, walking this, this uh, uh, season of my life for the last 44 years. And uh, I had actually walked, uh, knew the Lord when I was, or had an experience with the Lord when I was about eight years old. And uh, and got baptized, uh, had, had an understanding. I knew that I needed a Savior when I was eight years old in the Baptist church in Flagstaff, Arizona. And, uh, you know, I was baptized. And that's all I knew to do at that time. But I had a, a love in my heart for God. And, and then, uh, you know, my walk was based upon my knowledge and my uh, understanding of God, but whatever it was. But I knew that God was real in my life to a, to a degree. And, uh, and up until I was about 12, I used to sense the presence of the Lord when I would pray. We'd have a, the church we went to at that time. Uh, I would pray and I would sense the presence of the Lord. And I was thinking about that song that you were singing this morning about the presence. It's where we, that's where he wants us to stay in his presence. And I would sense God's presence and I would sense uh, some sort of assurance or peace that God was... We were connected in some way or another. But, you know, there was, a, at that time in my life, being a young person uh, and had a lot of influences and distractions and things, and uh, for whatever reason, you know, the, the enemy was able to get me to diff, drift apart, and I got away from God. And uh, I always uh, believed in God, but... Uh, I had a concept and a belief system at that time. I thought, I want to be a Christian. I want to go to heaven. But for what I can see, it looks to me like a pretty dull, boring life. And that was, it was due to the, to the people I was associated with, the church I went to. And uh, at that young age, I saw the hypocrisy, so to speak. And I thought, man, they don't have no fun. And so, you know, like most young people, I wanted to have fun, and I didn't have a, didn't have a concept of what God was really all about. But uh, God had to bring me through a, a place in my life to, uh, to where I finally had to come to the end of myself and think, man, I need God back in my life. And I'll never forget, I went, I was 27 years old, and I went to a, a Nazarene preacher. This friend of mine asked me to, he said, well, maybe he can help you. My, my marriage was falling apart, and, and uh, I was, had a little girl at that time. She was just about six months old, and my world had come to an end, and I thought, man, I, 
I, want, I don't want this to, to continue. I want this to change. And so I thought maybe this preacher could help me. But I'll never forget, he told me, and I, I started blurting out about this stuff. And, and uh, that preacher, I told him, I thought, why am I telling him this? And I said, well, you know, when I was about 12 years old, I used to sense the presence of God and, uh, you know, had a, a, a sense of presence of God. But, you know, I thought, why am I telling this pastor, this preacher this? But, you know, he let me rattle on there for a little bit. And then pretty soon he said, well, you know what you need to do? He said, I don't know whether you remember the story of Jesus when he was 12. He, him and his parents got separated. And he was in the temple. And he knew who he was. He was in there learning. And his parents had to go back and find him. They found out he wasn't with them. And they'd been gone out there a day or a day or so. And they had to go back and find Jesus. He said, that's what you need to do is go back and find Jesus where you left him. And I thought to myself, I'll never forget, I thought, well, how in the world is that going to get my wife and my daughter back or my family that was blowed up? How's that going to help that? But I couldn't figure that in my mind, you know. But anyway, he, and he put me to the, he put me, made me make a decision. He said, are you willing to do that? You want to do that? And I thought, man, I, I guess. I said, what else can I do? What choice do I have? Well, I had a choice, but I made a decision to do that. That night, I'll never forget, I got down and started, got on my knees and started praying and asking God to forgive me for all my mess-ups and this, that, and the other. And, you know, God, I didn't really feel a whole lot different that night. I remember I shed a few tears probably just because I was so messed up. But I'll never forget, I, I was staying in a, I don't know why I'm telling you all this. I didn't really mean to start doing all this, but I'm just telling you this to get you an introduction here. Uh, but I'll never forget, uh, my, uh, I was staying in the Herring Hotel at, at that time. I'd gotten booted out of my house, of what little house I had. And that was my room. And, and uh, I'll never forget, it had the flowers, flowered wallpaper. At that time, the, the Statler brothers had a, a song called Counting Flowers on the Wall. That's what I was doing. I was, I was counting flowers. And I thought, boy, I mean, I, I'd had a rough. And, but, you know, that I went home, and I remember I called uh, my, uh, the, the gal I was married to at the time, and I told her, I says, hey, I got saved. And that went over about like a lead balloon with her. <laughs> I like, I've invited God into my heart. And she'd always try to get me to go to the Baptist church, you know. She'd go, we'd, we'd go, or she'd get me to go on uh, Christmas and, and uh, Easter. But I, I'd go under reluctance, because every time I'd get in the church, it didn't make any difference what kind of a church. When they'd sing a song, Just As I Am, without one plea, I was under conviction. I thought, i got to get out of here. <laughs> you know, I didn't want to go because I didn't want to... I, I knew I was away from God, but I'd, I thought, and I'd walk in and I'd see, see these guys out there, the deacons all out there doing their thing, you know. And I thought, I'm, if, when I get ready to serve God, if I'm ever going to serve God, I thought, well, maybe I wait till I'm about 70, which I'm 70 now. Then, I'll, then my life will be almost over, then I can serve God and endure till the end, you know. I had no concept of what God was all about. But uh, anyway... Uh, so at that point, I thought, well, this, this is going to do it. 
He didn't do it. But you know what? The next day, for three days, I'll never forget. And you'd have to been in, in my body. I, I was in such, such turmoil and pain in my life at that time that I really thought I was going to have to go to, to the hospital. I was hurting so bad internally that I, I had literal pain internally. My, my heart was broken. And I thought, uh, well, I'd, I'd actually attempted suicide. Or I say I'd attempted, I'd made an a, a attempt, but God prevented about a week before that. I was going to jump out the window. And uh, I don't want to go into all that, but, but God prevented supernaturally because of my mother and daddy's prayers. But anyway, I'd felt so terrible. And, I, and this guy I worked with, and he'd been, uh, he'd been married and divorced two or three times. And he was an old pro at it. And this is my first marriage. And, and I thought, man. Well, he was giving me counsel, but his counsel wasn't working. You know, well, George, just have another drink and do this and do that. And this will all pass. But anyway, after I give my heart to the Lord for three days, it's like I, I thought, I was so delivered in such a, a raptured state of mind and soul that old songs would come back to me, you know, like the old rugged cross. Uh, there's room at the cross for you. And I would I'd think, what has gone wrong with my life? But whatever it was, it was good. And so I encountered uh, the Lord in a new way. And his, his mercy was extended and his grace was extended to me at that time in my life. And that's been 44 years ago. And you know, thank God, it's been a journey, and it's been a glorious journey. Now, it's not been not one without stumblings and maybe fallings. And I'm not talking about going back into, into what I call hardcore sin, but going, uh, learning, learning about God, learning who God really is and what, what he's all about. And it's brought me up to this point in my life. And, you know, that's what God is, is all about. And so uh, I want to be able to share with you some of the things uh, that God has put on my heart to help you, to minister to you that might encourage you and sharpen you in your pursuit of God wherever you're at at this time in your life. So let's just pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for opportunity to, uh, to minister to these people, every one of them here, Lord, where, you know, where everybody's at. And I thank you for the, the word that you have given me to minister to them, Father. And I thank you, Lord, to, that they will have ears to hear and eyes to see what you're saying and that I might be able to deliver it clearly and explicitly in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, the Lord, uh, when I was praying and saying, Lord, what do you, after I got nailed, that you're the man's going to deliver. I said, Lord, okay, Lord, what do you want me to say to New Life Restoration Center in Hereford, Texas, and all these people that sit there every day and hear all this stuff? And he started speaking to me about, I want you to talk about the subject of truth. Okay? That's a big subject. And I said, okay, I got excited about it. And I'll tell you, that's been about five weeks ago, and, and the Lord's been downloading me, and there is no way that I'm going to be able to <clears throat> get out to you everything that he's downloaded into me. But I want to just take a certain portion that will help you understand what truth is all about, okay?
let's uh, first look at the first thing. What is truth? I looked in the dictionary. dictionary uh, the, what is truth in the dictionary's definition of truth is the real state of things, that which is true, conformity with fact or reality. Okay? So, uh, we know the scriptures that said, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so we know that uh, Jesus... uh, the word way is actually the road, means road. The word in the Greek, is, it's road. And the truth, actually the truth in the Greek is the same, almost the same definition as uh, the dictionary. It's the real state of things, what, what is reality and what is really true. And the life is actually zoe, zoe life. It's God kind of life. You know, we have a life... The world has a life, and you know, the world has a, has a uh, <clears throat> perception of what life is all about. Well, if we can, you know, we have these Hollywood images or we have these success images, if I can just do this and I can do this, boy, then I'll be happy. And people reach, and they reach those goals, and without the right perspective, the right understanding about it, it's a disillusionment, and it doesn't produce happiness. And so we know that Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So that really settles it right there as far as the, the way to get, the, the way to, to, to find happiness and the way to find uh, the God kind of life. And he said, then he says, no man comes to the Father but by or through me. So that narrows it down. Anyway, I want to I tell you that there's a consequence to truth. And the consequences of receiving the truth of God are the blessings that bring the highest joy that one can actually bring or receive in the character in the name of Jesus. So if you're a, a searcher of truth, uh, we need to find out what Jesus says about truth and then pursue that. Uh, I found out that man has a perception of truth. And it's based upon his information, his knowledge, which formulates a belief system. And, you know, we all can attest to that. Uh, that was where I was at when I was 12 years old. I had a, 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 a knowledge of a perceived of a truth that I knew if I give my heart to Jesus that I would, when I died, I would go to heaven. But that was a limited knowledge. It was based upon what I'd been taught in church and what I'd been uh, received and understanding, and I knew about the Word of God. But I didn't know anything about the higher life or what God actually had for me. And at that point in my life, I was not, uh, hadn't received the, Spirit, the Holy Spirit in its fullness. I hadn't received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And although it was... It was uh, the church that I went to at that time in my life. It was it, They believed in it, and they, they didn't disregard it, but I didn't see much of it. It wasn't practiced a whole lot, you know. 
the giftings of the gifts of the Spirit and the operation and manifestation of the Spirit of God. And I sure didn't practice myself because I hadn't received it. I didn't have any knowledge of it, I mean, as far as uh, real knowledge of it. And, I, and so we, well, I have a perception. So I had a belief system that actually kept me in bondage to the truth that I knew. And I couldn't break out of that until I received some more of God's truth. So, uh, so we know that God's truth is, is his word. God is truth, and his word is truth. Uh, and as I, as I said before, I am the way, the truth, and life. And uh, I want to I look at a scripture here in Ephesians 1, 4 and see a truth from God about what is truth. Let's look at Ephesians 1, 4. And I'm going to read it. Uh, have you got it up here? Okay. I'm going to read it in the Amplified. This is so good. And, and in the Amplified, it says, Even as in his love, speaking of God, he chose us, actually picked us out for himself as his own in Christ, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy, consecrated, and set apart for him, and blameless in his sight, even above reproach, before him in love. For he foreordained us, destined us, planned in love for us to be adopted and revealed as his own children through Jesus Christ in accordance with the purpose of his love, because it pleased him and it was his kind intent. So that we might be the praise and the commendation of his glorious grace, favor and mercy, which he so freely bestowed on us in the beloved. So this is God's truth about us. And you think about it that before the foundations of the world, he had a plan for us. And that truth has never changed. That truth has never changed. Now, how we relate to that truth depends upon how we receive and understand it and get a revelation of it. But the more, the more we understand and, and, and get a revelation of it, it that then, then we can be a benefactor of it. And we can receive the consequences of truth. Amen. And it says, what did I just say at the first? I said the, the highest kind of joy and happiness you can have is is to receive the truth of God and what he says about you. Another scripture, let's look at Romans 5. I'm going to turn this fan on up here. Can I turn this fan? It's hot. How do you turn it on? Jeez. Well, forget it. <laughs> Pardon the eruption, interruption. Romans five seventeen. Uh, 
You know, we've been hearing all these scriptures from Brother Dorman, and uh, thank you, thank you very much. In Romans five seventeen. And once again, I want to read the Amplified. For if it's because of one's, one man's trespass, lapse and offense, death reigned through that one, much more surely will those who receive God's overflowing grace and unmerited favor and free gift of righteousness, putting them in right standing with himself, reign as kings in life through one man, Jesus Christ. For the the Messiah, the Anointed One. So, there's another truth that uh, it's been given to us. It's been provided because of Jesus has went back and redeemed us from what happened when Adam's fall. And uh, you know, we didn't do anything to inherit that, but we inherited. But there's been something that Jesus has, has changed all that. And so it's up to us to receive that grace, praise God. Amen and amen. So it, uh, it behooves us to uh, get to know this uh, operation which uh, Jesus did for us, praise God. I want to turn to John 8.32. Big John, 8.32. And it says, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The word know is the word, actually the Greek word, gnosko, which means ye shall recognize the truth. You should become acquainted with and know it in its, uh, have knowledge of it, perceive knowledge, and uh, be sure and understand it. And once we know the truth and we receive that truth, that truth will set us free. Praise God. Another truth is in 1 Corinthians 1.30. Let's go there and we'll see what that says. It says, God is made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. It says, but of him ye are in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Now there's four things that, that the Lord has made unto us. And uh, we could go and break those things down uh, and get some understanding about the, that. Uh, but I don't think I want to do that right this moment here. I'm kind of getting off the course where I really want to go. Let me get back on course here. All righty. Praise God. Well, I want to tell, tell you some things the Lord revealed to me about truth. 
and then see if I can't uh, inspire you to uh, uh, receive what, what the Lord showed me. Uh, truth never changes. Malachi 3.6, For I am the Lord, I change not. Uh, and at that particular portion of Scripture, it was had to do with the tithes and the offerings that the that the uh, people were giving uh, the Lord, and he he told him he said uh, he wasn't receiving them, and he said that they had uh, they had they were saying the wrong thing. Well, let's go over let's go over to Malachi three right quick and look at that portion of scripture. Okay, let's go Malachi 3 and 13. And here's what they were saying. Now, you've got to remember, these were the covenant people of God. And they had a covenant with God based upon the laws and statutes that had been prescribed for them uh, since Moses had put this all down. But here's what the Lord was saying about this people. He said, your words have been stout and hard against me says the Lord, said, here's what you're saying. You have, we, what have, uh, you, you, here, let, let, your words have been stout and hard against me, says the Lord, yet you say, what have we spoken against you so? He said, you said it is useless to serve God, and what profit is it to keep his ordinance and walk gloomily as if in the morning apparel before the Lord of hosts. And now we consider the proud and the arrogant to be happy and favored. Evildoers are exalted and prospered. Yes, and they that test God, they, they escape punishment. So they had a wrong uh, perception and belief system about what God was all about. But then it says, Then those who feared the Lord talked often with another, one another, and the Lord listened to it and heard and a book of remembrance was written before him of those who reverence and worship and fear the Lord and who thought on his name. And they shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts, in the day I publicly recognize and openly declare them to be my jewels, my special possessions, my peculiar treasure, and I will spare them as a man spareth his own son who serves him. Then you shall return and discern between the righteous and the wicked before whom for him who serves God and him who does not serve God. Wow. That's a pretty strong indictment that was given to God's covenant people at that time. And, uh, you know, God, he says, I'm, I'm the Lord, I change not. And I found out that God don't think any different today than he does then about certain things and, and certain people's actions and beliefs about what he is and what he's doing. And uh, I was thinking <clears throat> about what the Lord spoke to me uh, the first of this year. Uh, and I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, what, 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 what do you got, what do you have for 2012? You know. And I was asking the Lord that, and uh, the Lord said, uh, he said, 2012, and this is, he's speaking to me and to my understanding, so I understand what he's saying. I'm not saying that 
this is everything that God says, but this is what the Lord spoke to me. He said, 2012, 12 is a type, is 12 is a, is a type of government. He said, it's going to be a year of my government. And he said, I'm going to enforce. So when God's government is in charge, you know, we've got a government in our United States today, and it's our government. And there's a lot of laws and rules and regulations that we have to abide by that's not necessarily uh, the mind of God. Would you all agree to that? Yeah. But we live in America, and I still think Americans, America at this time is the best country in the world. But, but if we're going to get by and, and try to function without getting uh, penalized, we've got to abide by certain rules and regulations uh, that this government puts out. But the Lord was sharing with me when he spoke to me this, the first of this year. He said, this is 2012, and I'm going to... Uh, this is the year of my government. So there's a shift. There's something, something's going to change in the realm of the spirit. And he says, I'm going to enforce my justice. And so... Uh, or you could use the word judgment. But judgment is really justice. And uh, in, Isaiah, in Isaiah, it says that the inhabitants will learn righteousness when my judgments or justice is in the earth. And so we see that this is really something that God has, has got to do. He's got to establish some, some form of justice or, or judgment. He's got to bring forth a righteous decree from heaven to get things going like he wants it going. Now you've got to remember the point that God, this earth and this world is still under the control of God. All authority and all power has been given to Jesus. And he's sitting, and he said he, he judged the ruler of this world. The ruler of this world has been judged. And that was Satan. And, he's, and the Lord told him, I said, you sit on my right hand until I make your enemies my footstool. So this is a good place for us to, to remain and be in. And it says, as he is, so are we in this world or in this system. So this is a truth that we want to... Uh, get a hold of and, and latch on to and receive that we can walk in peace and uh, rest and not have uh, and not be disturbed about what's going on in, in our world so to speak but anyway uh, you know justice is is something that uh, God, I was thinking about, I was reading in Daniel about King Nebuchadnezzar. And Nebuchadnezzar, you know, at that point in time in the earth's existence, 
he was a ruler over all, said over all the earth, all the existing world that had any whatever whatever was going on there. He was the ruler, and and the actually the the children of of Israel had become had, were kept captive under his uh, domain and his his regime. And Daniel was uh, was one of him and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And uh, if you're familiar with the story, when uh, King Nebuchadnezzar had a dream, and he he couldn't remember the dream, and then uh, Daniel, uh, he so he called his astrologers, the Chaldeans, and uh, his soothsayers, and all the people that that were supposed to that knew all the mysteries and everything. He called them together, and he said, uh, "Tell me the dream," and it bothered him. Well, they said, "Well, tell us the dream, and we'll tell you what the." what the uh, interpretation is. And he told him, he said, you're stalling for time. He said, just wipe them all out. <laughs> told his, uh, his, his guys he had under his charge, his army or his captains there, he says, just get rid of them. He says, I'm... Well, then Daniel got, got ear of it, and uh, he, told, uh, he told the guard, uh, the, the guy that was going to come and execute this, and it was his life was on the line. He said, well, hold it a minute. Just, just back off a minute here. He said, uh, there's a God in heaven, but he, 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 can give us, he can give us understanding about all this. And so he got interest to the king, and he told the king, he said, if you'll just give us, give us a little bit of time, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll tell you what the dream is and what the interpretation will be. No, that he, and then he gathered Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they got together. I'm sure they had a prayer meeting, and they began to pray, and the Lord gave said he'd give him a night vision. And he knew what God was saying. And so he went back and he told King Nebuchadnezzar, he said, here's, here's the deal. He said, you saw this big image and it said it was the... He said, he said but here's the thing. Here's the, here's the deal. Here's the, the dream you had. And he said, and, and I've got the interpretation, but said, let it be for somebody else, not you. Because it, it, it had a definite message. And so he said, uh, there's this big image and it had a, a big, the, the head was gold. And they went down to the breastplate in, into, the sh- into the chest area with silver. And then it was brass, bronze in the loins, and then iron in the legs, and then iron and clay mixed together. And he said, you are, said, this, this is God showing you what he's fixing to do right now and throughout and extended until extended until a period of time, he said. Then I saw a, a rock taken out of a mount a mountain. It was cut out of a mountain, and it come. He said, "You're that. You're that gold. You're the head, Nebuchadnezzar. You're the king. You're the head. You're the gold head." He says, "I saw this rock come and hit this big statue, and I believe he said it hit him in his feet and said this." This whole thing come tumbling down, and it said the, all the, the, the material, the silver, the gold, the iron, the clay, and it all become as dust, as chaff, as dust. And said the wind just blew it all away. And he said that then this rock that did this became a great mountain. And it, it became the ruler of this earth. And... Uh, 
And Nebuchadnezzar, he recognized the truth. He recognized that was the truth. And he, he, he you know, here Daniel, he said, the, the Spirit of God is inside of you. And so he said, uh, I'm going to give you a promotion. So he set him up in charge of the king, kingdom. And um, set him in charge of the kingdom. And then Daniel took Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and put them over, put them over the kingdom. Certain areas of the kingdom. And he was actually about second in command. Almost like uh, Joseph was. He had a real prominent position. And, uh, but anyway, a, a period of time went on. And then all of a sudden Nebuchadnezzar must have forgot about that dream. And he got all lifted up and think he was saying, Boy, look what all I've done. You know, he got to thinking, and he decided, well, I'm going to raise up an image because I, I had this dream of this big gold figure. And he raised this, big, this image of this big gold figure of himself or that represented him, his kingdom. And he said, at a certain time, we're all going to bow down and worship this image. All the people, in, when they hear the sound of the psaltery and the harps and the trumpets and all this, we're going to bow down and worship this thing. You know, give acknowledgement to this, he, he was wanting some. He was wanting some praise. He was wanting some acknowledgement of what he had done. And uh, anyway, the story goes that the word got out that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego weren't doing this. They weren't bound down when the when the the message came out. They weren't bound down to the to the uh, image. And you know. Uh, uh, some of the church ladies, and I shouldn't say church ladies, I, probably some of the church ladies and some of the church men went around and tattletailed on them. And they said, hey, they went and told, says, hey, everybody else is bound down. We're all bound down to this image, but they ain't doing it. You know, little, and you know, well, why didn't they do it? Because they, the, they knew who they were. They must have read over there in Ephesians 1. What I have it was. Ephesians 1, 4. They knew they were hidden in Christ. They knew who their source of strength and who their source of power was. And uh, so the king, he got all upset about it. He called them forth and he said... Is this true what I hear about you? And you got to remember now he was he he was a he had put Daniel in the position and he was approving of everything Daniel had done, but he had this tremendous ego. And uh, it was in, getting in his road. He called me. Says, "Is this true what I hear?" And they said, "You got it, Jack. It's true." He said, don't you, he said, he said, well, if it's true, here's what I'm going to do to you. I'm going to uh, put you in the fiery furnace, and then we'll see if your God can deliver you. That was the, that was the word he gave him. We go over and read all this, but I'm just giving you a paraphrased version of it. And so they said, okay, king, if that be so, if that's your decision, let it be known that our God 
And there were no ifs or doubts here. And I was reading the Amplified, and it leaves a, a bit of a doubt. If God, God delivers us, okay. If not, okay. That, see, that wasn't their mentality. They knew the truth. We got to know the truth about God. We got to know who we are. We got to know who, whose we are. Okay? We got to wake up to who we are. And so, oh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they, uh, they said, if, it's, if that's the decree, I mean, boy, he really thought, he, he, he told him, he said, I'll tell you what, it'd be like uh, if God was telling you not to bow down to a, or give in to a certain uh, deal in, at work. If you don't listen to, and you don't tell a few dirty jokes and, 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 do, and, and do all this trash, you're, you're going to get canned. Well, you can't, you can't violate your conscience if that's what God's, you know, God's, you don't have to fit in like that at the workplace. Well, you need to know who you are in Christ. And, uh, well, there's, there's one or two things going to happen. Either that workplace is going to change or you're going to get fired. Well, so what? God's still for you, and he's not against you. Well, here's what happened to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They said, okay, Lord, uh, uh, King, he said, if you don't change it, we ain't going to bow down and serve this, bow down to this image. But if you do change the, the decree that you said, then we're not going to throw you in the fire furnace. We're still not going to bow down. In other words, we ain't bound down to no image. And said when the king heard that, they really challenged his authority. Well, sometimes we have to challenge the authority if it's not God's authority. We have to do it in wisdom and understanding. You've got to be bold to challenge. Somebody comes up, well, what if somebody come up to you and said, you've got to rob a bank. Your boss said, you ain't going to work on this job unless you rob a bank. Well, would you challenge that authority? Well, yes, you would. Anyway, they challenge that authority. You've got to know whose authority is trying to run your life. They challenged that authority, and they, he, got, he said he got enraged. He probably, his blood pressure probably went, and he told his, the people that got, had the furnace, he said, heat that thing up seven times. And... And the mouth of the furnace, they said the mouth of the furnace, it had to be a furnace like a big furnace that had an opening this way. It couldn't have been a pit, you know, like a barbecue pit. It had to be a furnace because they had to heat that thing up. I would like to have seen exactly, but it's got to be that way because he said they, they took these guys that heated it up seven times and they took, took a, they tied Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego up and they had, they had their clothes on, they had their turbans on. And they tied them, bound them, probably hand and foot, or hand anyway. And they took and they got, it, they got them over there so they couldn't escape and threw them in that furnace. But it was so hot when it threw them in, it consumed them. It killed those guys. And then the king, all of a sudden, it had to be something he could see. Now, he was, he was probably far enough away that he could see it. Because if he'd got very close, it'd burn him up. He could see it, and uh, 
He said, hold it. Did we not throw three people in there? There's four guys in there walking in that furnace. And one of them looks like the Son of God. Now, how do you know what the Son of God looked like? Well, there had to be a brightness or something about him. And so he hollered at him. said, hey, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, what's going on? Come out here. And he saw that the fire had no power over him. Now, think about this. You think about this. You talk about the supernatural. God coming and standing up for what was right. He stood up for them. I asked myself the question, how, how, much, how much am I willing to take a stand for the truth that God's put into my heart against the adversary, my adversary? How much am I willing to, to be bold to do that? Well, you know, we've got to know that God's there, and we've got to know we're right. Anyway, they come out and said they didn't smell they walked out of that fire. They didn't even have the smell of their hair. Not even a hair was singed. And their, their clothes didn't smell of smoke and weren't burnt. And uh, old Nebuchadnezzar, man, he, was, he said, I'm going to change what I said. You know, he got mad. And, and they had told him, said, if you change it or if you don't change it. He said, we're not bound down to this image that you put up here. Because you're making yourself God instead of the God that's in heaven. And so he said, I'm changing the way I think. Well, he got converted. His, his thinking got converted right then. And then he told, he told everybody, he says, we know that one thing because of this, that their God is above our God, uh, all the gods that we're serving. And anybody that don't acknowledge their God said, let their house become a dunghill. You know. I mean, he, 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 he changed things around in that, in that kingdom of his. He said, we're going to change the direction that this kingdom is going to think and do. But we need that kind of manifestation here in the United States of America. We need that kind of power released in the United States of America. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, find out another thing about truth. Truth has no substitute. Uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew that truth has no substitute. They, you know what the deal? If they would have just bowed down to this image, they wouldn't have to gone through all that. Oh, hey, what? Well, let's compromise a little bit here. But they didn't. They didn't compromise. They, they didn't compromise the truth. They knew the truth. Once you know the truth and recognize the truth, uh, you better stick with it. Praise God, I didn't realize it's five minutes after 12. I've went on, rattled on here for, for quite a while. Well, there's several more things that... Uh, that uh, I could continue on. And, I mean, let me just give you just a quick, quick little deal here about truth. Truth has no substitute. Truth liberates. Truth in your mouth. The vent, what, what it does when you have truth in your mouth. I've got scriptures for all these. Truth in your actions. 
And truth is a mirror. And it says in James, we look into the, if you look into the perfect law, looking into a glass or it's a mirror, and you walk away, you forget what kind of guy you are. So truth will, re- will reveal who you are. And when you see yourself, you know, like, it'd be like if I got ready to come down here today to church, and I looked in the mirror, and I've been out working in the car, my face is all greasy. My wife said, uh, well, aren't you going to wash your faith? And I look in the mirror, and I think, I'd see I was greasy. I needed to wash my face. That wouldn't look presentable if I come down here looking like a bum, all greasy. See, I, it says, he that looks in the perfect law of liberty, looks in there, he sees what he's like, but he turns and he don't change. Well, I would need to wash my face up. I need to make a change and adjustment. So that, that's how we need. And, and, you know, you look in the, into the Word of God, and it will reveal who we are. But we don't have to stay who we are. The Word of God will change us and can change us and does change us. Truth also destroys the works of the devil. Truth reveals error. And truth is for you, praise God. Truth never fails. That's another element of truth. And truth is judged by truth. John 8, 32 says, Jesus said to the Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then ye are my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth. And that's that word gnosko again. Recognize the truth, and that truth shall make you free. In other words, you'll recognize the truth. And he was talking to the Jews there, you remember. The Jews were under the law. And those were believing Jews that, that had to forsake the law and come into believing the grace message. And Jesus said, if you continue to do this, said that truth is going to make you free, and you're never going to be back under the law again. That's the consequences of truth. But now there were some of the people in the book of Galatians that they went back under the law. Well, there's a consequence to that too. Bondage, imprisonment. Well, God has delivered and liberated us from from, uh, all that through the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to thank you so much for... Uh, listening is he done listening he's ready to go (laughs) Ross your son's a jewel praise God I want to thank you for listening and I hope I've said something that could minister to some of you in some way form or fashion anyway All right. let's just thank God Father I thank you Lord for this day for the rest of this day I praise you for it I thank you Lord I just go with these people Lord, I just proclaim and and declare peace over them, declare uh, the grace of God to be over this body of people. And we thank you for uh, uh, Dorman and and his family up in Colorado. Father, we just thank you that you will just cause them to receive the the blessing of the Lord while they're there and minister to them, Lord, the, the the refreshing of your spirit while they're up there in Colorado in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, you're all dismissed.